God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Therefore, we must add to our faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And if faith comes by hearing the word of God, then knowledge comes by being educated by way of the word of God. Who else is better to instruct you than a teacher? A teacher anointed by God is to dispense information for edification, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that you may be partakers of the divine nature of God's glory. We invite you to come learn with us as we journey through scripture so that he who has an ear can hear what the spirit through a teacher has to say. Welcome, beautiful people, to another episode of The Teaching Prophet. I am she. She is me, Tangela L. Clayton, the master teacher, delivering lessons for the Lord. These lessons are designed to take you on a journey of learning through the scriptures so that we can add to our faith knowledge. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, and or comment on today's episode. Also, if you would like to tip the teacher, visit our website at www.tangelallc.com. That is T-A-N-G-E-L-A-L-L-C.com. Scroll down to the teacher section and click tip the teacher. Or you can click the support link on whichever platform you are listening from. Now, I'm transitioning all of my episodes onto my website Um, But for now, they're going to stay on the different platforms that they are on. But eventually, they will all be uploaded to my website and exclusively to my website. So go on over there to TangelaLLC.com. Subscribe to the email list so that you can be notified when these episodes are uploaded to the website. Again, we, we're, we're transitioning. Yes, we're transitioning so that we can be able to, you know, fully say what God want us to say. Not that we're not doing it now. It's just that, you know, there are, there, there are elements and roadblocks and things that you have to adhere to when you are on someone else's platform and um, when you are, when someone is hosting your content, you have to adhere to a lot of things and, um, we just don't want to hinder God's work. And so we want to be able to be, um, fully open to the spirit and whatever the spirit is saying through us. So we're going to eventually be exclusively on the website, um, and the content will be there. It will still remain free. Um, and again, you can tip the teacher as you feel the Lord is leading you to, but the content will remain free on the website. We just got to move slowly. We're going to be moving everything, um, to where it will only be exclusive. So that's why you hear different openings. That's why you're starting to hear me say things a little differently because it's not just the podcast. It's, it's, I don't know what the Lord's going to do. He's opening up so many avenues. Um, so many things for me and, you know, for the content. So we just want to make sure we don't limit God. I I don't care about what others are doing and how others are doing things. I care about the way God wants me to do it. And 
we don't want to limit him. We don't want to be subject to censorship or anything. If we say something that might offend someone. So we're going to slowly again move to the website and all the content will be there. www.tangelallc.com. So just again, go over there, subscribe. So you will be notified when, you know, uploads it there and all other different beautiful things that God is doing in the life of the teaching prophet. All right. So we are continuing our learning journey with a series that we've entitled, Give Us a King. The Consequences of a Spiritual Canon. We are on episode, uh, lesson number nine. Lesson nine, church objectives, puppet masters. Yes, church objectives, puppet masters. Now, if you're taking notes, you remember we're, we're our secondary scripture is 1 John 2 and 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. So those three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, they sometimes run into each other. They sometimes overlap. Um, so if you, so if we say anything and if something comes to your mind, if God jogs your, the Holy Spirit jogs your memory and you can place something under those categories, it is not of God. And we need to make sure we're praying. We need to make sure that we're fasting. We need to make sure we're doing something because, you know, you have to be a doer of the word. You just can't just pray. You know, you have to pray and do so sometimes it may be leaving. It may be cutting off some things or, you know, changing, renewing your mind because that's what we want to do. We want you to grow in faith and be renewed by your faith and be renewed by the knowledge that, you know, God is allowing to be opened up to us. So a spiritual canon, it is a set of principles by which Christians are judged because they have been established as the gold standard, as the highest quality by the spiritual elites, by the kings of today and of the kings of yesteryear and the, and the kings that continue to be erected in our lives, in, in this world, in this world. Church. Church is a building for public Christian worship, but it's also the body of Christ. Church is also the body of Christ, the people who are supposed to have a relationship and, and a connection with God and worship him in spirit and truth. That That is the definition. Those are the definitions of what a church is. An objective is a goal or sought after aim. Like, wh what are we doing? What, what, what do, why are we doing this? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Pimp. A person who controls and manipulates others in order to take part of their earnings. Profiteer. A person who make or seek to make an excessive or unfair profit. Disadvantaged. An unfavorable circumstance that reduces the chances of success or effectiveness. Puppet master. A person or group. That covertly controls another. Puppet master. A person or group that covertly controls another. And if you're just joining us and you wonder why I said pimp and profiteer. And th th those are two lessons. 
passed. The pimp one was was good. The profiteer one was even. Let me tell you, that profiteer lesson, I had to walk it off. I, it was just so much that was coming at me and um, that God was, you know, unearthing. It just was so much bubbling over in my spirit. And it was just, I had to walk. I had to, had to walk it off. It was just to calm myself down. I get excited on these lessons. I don't, I get excited. I get really excited with these lessons and, you know, they teach us or they told us while, you know, we go to these professional developments as teachers that if you're not excited about the lesson, how will your kids get excited about learning? So I'm excited. I, 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 I whew, especially the way God gives me things and how he connects to things. And I just be like, whoa, I didn't know. I didn't know that connected like that. And, you know, I definitely have my notes here, but you know, when I start getting into it and God start giving me mental pictures or things, you know, it even blows my mind. So, um, so go back to, I think lesson seven was pimp and lesson eight was profiteers, but you know, Hey, I had to walk those off. All right. So our main scripture, our scripture basis, first Samuel eight, first Samuel eight. Yes. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his first firstborn was Joel. The name of the second was Abijah and they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are doing so to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly warm, forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and some to make his weapons of war and equipment of equipment for chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and you will be his servants. And he will, and you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. The Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. 
And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. Bless the Lord and his word. So we talked about pimps. We talked about profiteers. Now we're going to be talking about puppet masters. Puppet masters. And he, being Jesus, said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Matthew's, Matthew 12, 21. I'm sorry. Matthew 21 and 13. So a thief is a person who steals another's property, especially by secrecy, sneakiness, or just being slick. So we talked about psychological, emotional theft. We talked about financial theft. <laughs> that was the profiteers. And I don't think God is done talking about finances. I just think I need to lay the, lay the foundation in that lesson so that you can see the where the where the enemy can come in because of the laws but now we're we're going to you know wherever we can talk about it and wherever it's relevant we're going to make sure you know cuz it's a lot with that finance it's just a lot but now let's talk about depth of time depth of time they say that one thing that is irreplaceable, the only thing that's fine, the only finite resource that we have, which is also the most valuable thing that we have, is time. What you choose your time, well, how you choose to spend your time should add value to your life. It should not depreciate it should not depreciate your life's real estate by stealing the time. By stealing none of, like, you cannot waste seconds. They say life is precious. You cannot waste any second on anything that just don't add value. Or, or make you feel less important. This is puppet master trick number one, and and, and it kind of goes across all these lessons is withholding information or knowledge from you so that you go around in circles trying to get things done or figure things out. Or some people just don't. Some people just don't. They just they just trust. They just trust that the time that you're spending in church is adding to you. And lately they have not. Oh, you get a good time. Oh, you have a good time with the frivolous teachings and the programs. But that does nothing but tickle your flesh to give you the warm and fuzzies. But it sends you home with no real change or anything that can be applicable to your life. This goes back to knowing the bylaws, the member rights and what your church stand for. And, you know, why are we doing these certain things? Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I was a member of this church and they said, we're going to do the first of the year fast. And I said, why are we doing this? Oh, we do it every year. Okay. That's not answering the why. Why are we, 
Oh, you can just fast for whatever you want. Um, you know, your family just come up. We're going to pray and we're going to, we just going to fast. And we, and everybody, I said, okay, why are we doing this? Why are we fasting every January at the start of the year? Why? Why? And one of the evangelists, she said, you know what? We've been doing this every year. For the past, I don't, I don't, it was like a long time. She said, but I really can't remember why we started doing this. Wasting my time. <laughs> you wasted my time. Because I don't know why we doing this. There's no purpose behind the fast. If everybody's praying for different things, who, who knows what people are praying for? Some people could be praying for the downfall of the church. Some people could be praying for the pastor to die. Like we don't have a purpose. Like you just saying, we just going to fast and everybody just pray. You wasted my time. No, 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 no. I need a purpose. I need to know why we're doing this. Why will I be giving up my, you know, whatever I'm going to give up, whatever it is to fast. You tell me, we, I think we was doing a vegetable. I don't remember the actual you know, what we were fasting from. I, I don't even remember, but it was just like, why are we fasting from these things? What are we seeking to gain? Because you're asking the whole church to be involved in this. And so there should be a church purpose for this that is backed by whatever biblical, you know, stance that we can find. And like, why, why are we doing this? What are we standing on? Because if not, then you're wasting my time. And you can't even tell me why y'all even started doing this. And they looking at me like, why are you interrupting? Like just the other lead, you know, the leaders are looking at me like, why are you interrupting? What we, this is what we always do. Yes, mother, this is what you've always done. But is it effective? Is it adding value to the people? Is it edifying to the point where it's glorifying God? Because we could fast from some things, but if we don't know what we fasting to or what the purpose of this fast is, then we will never grow. We will never get out. And the way I'm looking at it, it looks like everybody is on this hamster wheel and have not been delivered from certain things that a, that the Lord had me tackle as a babe. Had me to confront as a babe. And again, I'm not claiming to be nobody special. But why are we doing these things? Why are we having all of these Christmas programs and these Easter programs? And, you know, why is it for mere entertainment? Then just say that. Then just say that it's mere entertainment is it's just it's for the children It's for this. Because to be honest, those things are not really we know the birth of Jesus. We know he went on the cross and we know he died and he rose with all power in his hand. And I asked God, I say, why, why do we keep doing these things? Like, why do, why do these people, why we keep rehearsing, rehatching these things? Um, because you know, my kids are like, what are you doing this Christmas? And I'm like, I'm not celebrating Christmas. I'm not going to church or whatever. They're like, oh, and you supposed to be a Christian. I said, no, 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 I am a Christian. Those things are not that I'm not getting nothing out of that. <laughs> You know, you sit up there and you and the kids, they rehearse it and they mess up. Oh, he's so sweet. And, you know, and it's all good. Again, if it's for entertainment purposes only, then say that. But as I begin to ask God, you know, God, what, you know, what is it? 
He said, every year they birthed me in that manger to put me back on the cross to resurrect me by Easter Sunday. Every year, every year. What is the purpose of these things? Because if not, you're wasting my time. And when you start asking questions, some people get highly upset because you want to know why. Why are we doing this every year? Why are we doing this? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? And by withholding the information and withholding the purposes, your kings are wasting your time. They do not utilize the time that you are gathered together and you are sharing to empower you. It's to keep tickling your fancy and send you home. There's no real change. Who think about it? Who has gotten saved in the last programs that you've done? Who have gotten saved? Or was it just a ploy to raise more funds? Who has given their life to God because you've told the birth of Jesus in a theatrical way and the kids are up there? Because to be honest, we're just looking at the kids and we're they're so cute and it's a, it's a photo op and, and all of this. I understand what you feel like you're doing and what you believe you're doing and you're honoring God. But there's a scripture in the Bible that says you keep putting him back, nailing him to the cross. Why are we doing these things? Why are we going to these conferences and paying all this money to go to these conferences and leave with tote bags and T-shirts that said I've been there and we have no real change? No real change. It's so many people in these conferences and so many people, they can't even get to you personally. They can't even really, you know, um, you know, speak to you personally and, and be honest. I don't think none of them really want to. I don't think any of them really want to speak to you personally because again, they're raising money. They're taking your, you taking time off work. You're taking time away from your family. You're taking time away and you're going to these things and you're leaving and then you're going back home unchanged. Psalms 90 and 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You got to gain a heart of wisdom and know. Not only am I spending my discretionary funds and not, and I'm, and maybe some of us spilt the bit, spent the bill money to go to these conferences and do these things only to come back and them bills are still there and need to be paid. Right. Um, and then you go to government agencies or whatever to pay those bills. I've known people to mortgage their houses to try to stay, um, you know, in the presence of people who don't even really know your first name. And really could care less about what you're struggling with. Long as you keep funding. And they keep stealing your time. Right? Because why are we holding these conferences? And where is all that money going to? That's a puppet master trick. Trick number two. Puppet master trick number two. Keep you living in your past to abuse you in your now in your future. 
So the story behind me naming this puppet master is I didn't even know I was typing the words puppet master. I swear, oof. I promise y'all, I didn't even know I was writing it until I actually stopped typing and I looked at what I wrote because I was in the middle of a conversation when I wrote it. It was in the middle of a conversation. So young lady told me that, you know, this, this particular pastor or leader was telling her that, uh, she's committing sin because her husband, you know, they divorced and, you know, she remarried and then divorced again. He was talking about how her first husband wasn't supposed to divorce her and she's living in sin. He's living in sin. And when he comes back to himself and, you know, he was just, you know, heaping it all on there, like abusing her with the word of God. And she was like, well, what do you want me to do? And he didn't have an answer for her. And she was like, I used to toil day and night with that. She said, that scripture tore me up. She said, it tore me up. She said, I used to live with all that guilt. She said, but then I remembered there is now no condemnation to him that is in Christ. And she began to hit him with a couple of scriptures. And he was like, well, well, and I'm listening to her. And I was like, well, what was his purpose for doing that? It could be one or two things or both. I would keep you living in your past so you could continue to feel guilty. You could continue to feel guilty about something that you long been asked God to forgive you for. But you haven't forgiven yourself. And then you allow these kings that is erected to keep you living in your past so they can abuse you in your now and steal your time of your now and steal the time of you. Some time in your future. There was a book. And I don't remember the author's name. Don't remember the young lady's name. But she called it Pimps in a Pulpit. And, and it was talking about how she went to her. You know pastor. And she confided in him. And told him you know some things. And he used that. To make her his mistress. And in the process of him making her his mistress. He made her pay for all kind of plastic surgery. And go with him and do different things. Stuff that she had to you know. Spend her money to do. As his mistress. As well as he was still in her time. He was still in her time from her. He stole a lot of things from her. But he mostly you know. Just continue to abuse her because why you're still captivated. You're still thinking of the stuff in your past because I could keep bringing up stuff in your past and keep having you feeling guilty about that. So I can abuse you now and steal your time of now and your time of your future. And when she wrote the book and I was reading the article on it because um, they did an article back then because now she's an advocate for, a, you know, women that are being abused in the church and stuff. Um, they asked the church leaders or was asking the church for a comment. Like, can y'all comment on this? And they did. They said, uh, the ministry and the mission of the church has not been affected by all of this. That's all they had to say. That's all they had to say. You got to know God for yourself. You have to spend time with Jesus outside of your local gathering. Because the word declares that. That which has been is what will be. And that which is done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Sound like a Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but that's Ecclesiastics 1 and 9. When you spend time with God and study his word for yourself, you will see that he will not have you ignorant. He won't have you ignorant. Romans 
1. Paul writes and he says, going to about the 13th verse. Now, I don't want you to be ignorant. I will not have you ignorant. He said, I want you to have, I don't want to be have you ignorant. I would come to you. I wanted to come to you, but the powers that be and the things kept hindering me from coming to you. I'm paraphrasing, you know, so that I may find fruit among you. Jesus said, you would know my people. You would know my sheep. You would know my prophets. You would know my people. You would know my apostles. You would know my disciples by the fruit that they bear. And Paul said, I would not have you ignorant, but I wanted to come to you because I want to find fruit among you guys. I want to find you prospering. I want to find you, you know, adding to your faith knowledge. I want to know what is God doing with the t in the time that I was away from you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith because as it is written, the just shall live by faith for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteous, the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They, they know your past. They know the truth of your past and they hold it in unrighteousness to abuse you. Because they don't want to find fruit in you. They're they not looking to find fruit in you. They're looking to eat your fruit, to steal your fruit, for your fruit to become theirs. So if I can get you to keep spending your time thinking about your past, I can steal the fruit of the time of your now and your future. Yes, yes. That's puppet master trick number two. Puppet master trick number three. And I wonder why did I have only three? And I was like, okay, father, son, and Holy Ghost. <laughs> I love the number three. I love doing things in threes. I'm all, you could tell by the, the book of Acts. I did my worries in threes. Like I just, the threes are just, that's the Trinity. That's the, that's for me that represents, you know, the Holy head of God. <clears throat> so this puppet master trick is they keep you busy with stuff. So this one is kind of linked to number one where they, all these programs and these conferences and these different things, they keep you busy with stuff. So Solomon said over there in 1 Samuel 8, our, our scripture base, he said that the king will make your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. The king will also set some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, some to make his weapons of war equipment of his chariots. This is work, people. So think about the work, the busy work. This is the work of the king. You are working for the king to satisfy him. And the work keep you from doing the needed thing for yourself. Because you blindly trust them. You think you are doing a service to the Lord. And many of you, you will say, well, I'm doing it up to God. You know what? Okay. 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 I I'll let you have that. But riddle me this. Or consider this. You lose the things that the kings is gaining in abundance. You're transferring the wealth 
to the king, the wealth of your family, the wealth of your freedom, and the wealth of your time. But these are your kings now. I ask questions. Why are we doing this? Why am I doing this? What is this for? Is this, I, I, I do it as a teacher. Don't send me to no meeting to talk about X, Y, and Z. Because my question is, how would the students benefit from this? And I promise you, if I don't get the answer that I'm looking for, if you don't satisfy me with a student-led or student-centered, you know, growth from what we're doing, I check out and I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not. Because you're wasting my time. You're wasting my time with busy work. You're wasting my time with things that will not grow the students in their knowledge. It will not get them to graduation. It will not get them to being a productive citizen in society. Why are you, why am I applying your fields? Why am I reaping your harvest? Mind you, a harvest that Solomon then turned around and told you that he's going to give to his captains. He's going to give to his people. So I'm, I'm producing the wealth that I'm transferring it to the king. And so the king can give it to the people that he wants to give it to. Let me tell you something. I'm not telling you to quit your job. This is not a, this is not a message. Some of you saying, oh, this is my sign to quit my job. Hey, if it is, and God is, God's been speaking to you. Hey, then I'm confirming. But if it's not, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you to quit your job. What I'm telling you is to be led by God and to understand how you spend your time, how you spend your time on your job and how you spend your time at church. I'm trying to get you to understand. So one of the things that a lot of people don't know is Congress and Senate, they are allowed to vote themselves raises. Yeah, go look it up again. Anything that I say, go look it up. They are allowed to vote themselves raises. They're their own <laughs> boss. So while the country was going down, I believe, I don't remember what year it was, but the country was in financial, you know, ruin and we were trying to build and, and the economy was down and, you know, all of this was going on. They were voting themselves raises until one Senate or one congressman stood up and said, no, nah, this ain't fair. The, 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 the American people are, you know, unemployment rates are up and all of this. And we over here voting ourselves a raise. We, we, this ought not be so. I'm tell you, C-SPAN, you'll learn a lot. They are the only ones that can vote themselves a raise. The only entity that I know that can vote themselves a raise. Where on your job do you can you just say, I got a raise and they go implement it? No, the kings, the people that are over you, your your employers, they they you have to ask for a raise. And nine times out of ten, when you ask for it, you're not gonna get it. Because you've already transferred the wealth of your time and the wealth of your work to them. So you just got to know. You spend 40 years, I mean, not 40 years, 40 hours at a job a week. And you give them that two weeks notice because you're giving them time to find a replacement for you. Some people just go ahead and say, no, you could just leave. They've wasted 
your time. They waste because they didn't value your time at that company. They didn't value your time gaining their wealth for them. They didn't value you and they didn't value your time. Church is the same way. I promise you church is the same way. You sitting there wasting your time helping them while you losing your family. You losing your freedom and you're losing your time. And we say, what about, what do you mean my freedom? Your freedom to go do what you want to do with your time. Because they make it so, oh, we need this. Oh, this has to be done. And God is saying this and God is doing this. And now you are bound by what you believe God has told them. And baby, I'm going to tell you something. I done told y'all before. Half these people ain't even hearing from God no more. God been left the building. He's already left the building. Uh-huh. But these are your kings. These are the people that you've asked for. These are the things that you've asked for. And I already told you, Philippians said, be anxious for nothing, but in all things and in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, you got to be at peace. You can't let these people steal your time because they will. So to puppet master trick, number one, the church need to teach you time management based on biblical principles and not personal agendas. Not personal agendas. They need to teach you to number your days that you may gain a heart of wisdom, that you may be wise, that you may do things, that you may give back to your own family. Because I promise you, I've seen a lady, <laughs> I've known a lady, I got to take care of the pastor, take care of the pastor, but her own husband, she wouldn't even take care of. Yell at him to put the pastor over him. I know some of y'all, uh-uh, I wouldn't do that. I'm telling you. And the pastor didn't correct her either. I know a female pastor who allowed other women's husband to serve her. And when I told her she was in that she was in um in violation, that she couldn't do that. Oh, I teach them to take care of their wives. But the head man that she had taking care of her, he was dogging his wife, treating her like, like his wife don't know how to pray. His wife don't know how to do this like the pastor. His wife. Well then, Mr. Head Intercessor, won't you teach her? You are first the head of your house. That's the wife you asked to marry. I promise you. Didn't I put no gun in your head and tell you to marry that lady? Don't let these people steal your time. Because they do stuff on their own personal agenda. They're supposed to teach you time management based on biblical principles. Not personal agendas. To pulpit master trick number two. The church is to teach the whole gospel. If the king leader is not pushing the whole gospel, then you need to flee. Leave them. Leave that places. Leave those places. Find you another that is after God's heart. And by God's heart, it is one that teaches you that your past has been forgiven when you ask for it to be. When you ask for it to be. 
Repentance of sins is simply believing and living in forgiveness of your past. That is the repentance. You believe that God forgive you. And he said, as far as the east is from the west, I have thrown it away and have forgotten it. But man, they'll try to keep you in your past. David, David will tell you. Over there in First Chronicles 21. So the spirit of evil spirit came upon David and told him, go number the people. So David went and numbered the people. He went and numbered the people. And that thing displeased God. It displeased God. Mm-hmm. And so God sent the prophet Gad. God sent the prophet Gad to tell David this thing displeased him. And the Lord came up against Israel. Verse 7 said, God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he struck Israel. So David said to God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Then he spoke to Gad and told Gad to tell because and Gad was David's seer. David had a seer around him. Most of these people don't have seers around them because they don't want nobody. They they like that that one king over there in Jeremiah, where they call Jeremiah the wayward seer. To my everybody gives tell me what I want to hear, but Jeremiah don't never tell me what I want to hear. So uh uh-uh. uh. So he kept Jeremiah locked up. Anyways, so Gad go and tell David. Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do. So the Lord offered him three punishments. He said three years of famine or three months to be defeated by your foes with the sword of your enemies overtaking you or three days of the sword of the Lord. And there will be a plague on the land and the angel of the Lord will be destroyed everything throughout the territory of Egypt. Now consider I mean, not Egypt, Israel. Now consider what answer I should take back to the Lord. So David said, (laughs) I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are very great. But do not let me fall in the hand of man. Because David even understood God mercy so great. God going to punish me and God going to let me go back on my back to my business. Man going to keep holding that over my head. Even David knew man was going to keep holding my past over my head. So the Lord sent the plague and 70,000 men of Israel fell. They died. They died. The angel of the Lord was destroying everything. But God, he looked and relented of the disaster. He told the angels, no, no, stop. That's enough. Restrain your hand. That's enough. So it's supposed to be three days in the hands of the Lord. The Lord stopped it. He said it was enough. Because like David said, God's mercies endureth forever. They're great. Don't let flee. Lead them people that try to keep your past over your head. But you only only can get that strength to leave is when you are in your word and know God for yourself and know this word for yourself. And anything that you don't know and you ask your man of God or your woman of God or the people that's over you in your in leadership and they can't give you an answer. Baby, please, I pray that God give you the strength to leave. 
because Paul want to find fruit in the people that he was ministering to your pastors, your leaders, your Kings should want to find fruit in you and not take your fruit from you. Puppet master trick number three, the church objective should, should be this. The church is not doing, if the church is not doing the things that is in line with God's word and his great commission, leave. As simple as that, leave. All that busy work that they give you is just that, busy work. The work that you do for this particular church will not produce any fruit in the spirit of the people. Leave. Leave. How will you know this? God says his sheep knows his voice and a stranger they will not follow. So ask God. Ask him straight up. Is this person serving you or serving themselves? Be sincere in your questioning at the end of it all because he's <laughs> once you ask him, he going to show you. But he also going to show you your part in the play too as well. Mm-hmm. He's going to also show you your part and where you've gone wrong. But ask God. I often tell people, you want to know something? Ask God. If you think that I am not who I say I am, ask God. Because he will answer you. He will show you. He will tell you. He will tell you. The enemy, which comes to steal, kill, and destroy... Oh, he'll show you some stuff too. Through people. Through people, he'll show you some stuff. But whatever you're doing and you're doing it heartily, do it as unto the Lord, not to men. Close the ears of the people. Close your ears to the people. Because you're going to receive a reward from God for the inheritance when you serve Christ, not when you serve man. So ask God, and if God show you, and if he don't tell you to stay there and keep suffering up under them people, baby, leave. Because I know that some people that say, God want me to be here. And I, and I was one of those people for season. Let me be clear. I was one of those people that God said, I want you to show them what it's like. And I was there for a season and I, and I stayed on God. And again, I'm bold enough to ask questions. I'm bold enough to challenge people. I am bold enough to do those things. So God trusted me with doing that. If you not like me and you don't have that boldness, baby, just leave. Some people say, I just don't want to start. You know, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want nobody to talk about me. I just don't want no conflict. Okay, then stay there and be abused. I'm not. I will not. I will not. Don't let people steal your time. Because time on this earth is something you cannot get back. It is a valuable resource. And God wants you to want to make sure that you are found with fruit on your tree. Because the trees that don't have fruit on them and they're not bearing fruit, they are wood for the fire. Do not be wood for the fire. Do not be wood for the fire. He that has an ear. Let him hear.
We want to thank you again for tuning into the Teaching Prophet Podcast, where our goal is to add to your faith knowledge. Knowledge that will help you experience the fullness of God so that you can walk in complete understanding of what he has for you. Please feel free to subscribe, share, like, and or leave a comment about today's lesson. Also, you can support the teachings monetarily through our cash app at Tangela LLC. Our Zelle, which is our email address, LLC at gmail.com. Or click the support link or button on whichever platform from which you're listening. Until next time, God bless.